All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP. I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. We're going to talk about uh, the coronavirus. We're talking about intellectual property around coronaviruses itself um, and, uh, and, and also about the vaccine or the cures, uh, the treatments for this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, and so if, you, uh, if, you, if you're interested in intellectual property and, and on these topics, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like and comment, share your thoughts and, um, and share the video with, uh, with your friends and family. So today we're gonna to talk about um, some of the conspiracy theories that have been going around with um, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is a physician and an immunologist. Um, he has been the director of uh, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984, so for quite a long time. And uh, so I, I heard, Tom, some of these uh, conspiracy theories going around that Dr. Fauci um, had, a, had a patent on the coronavirus. And we talked about in a previous video whether or not Bill Gates had a patent on the coronavirus. Right. Um, and so there's these, these conspiracy theories that are going around that he created it. And, um, and then also that he's got a patent on... Uh, the cure on the remdesivir uh, yeah. drug, and yes. and that and that that he owns that. So, as you can imagine, you know, human nature tends to, you know, I don't know, like these kinds of ideas. That oh well, well we created it so that we could profit from the cure, right? Yeah, it's, and yeah, um, it's brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I don't. It's it's like one of those evil mastermind kind of Doctor Evil sort of yeah. things, and um, but. But I, I, I'm just so curious to know if, if there's any, if there could be even any truth to this. And I, I don't know if, if, if we can definitively say or not, but I thought it'd be an interesting topic. Yeah, it could, yeah, could be, right? I mean, it's, I sat and watched once with my father, who is a, um, was a uh, PhD in chemistry, total man of science. Everything in his life was about science. And we sat and watched a Fox episode sometime in like 2005 on the, the moon landing hoax, right? Mm -hmm. And this man of science, it was like an hour long, we sat together watching it. At the end of it, we looked at each other and we said, oh my God, did we actually land on the moon? I mean, <laughs> we actually, right. it was so compelling and we thought, wow, maybe we didn't land on the moon because it was such a great case that we never landed on the moon. So, you know, you say, is it possible that he conspired with Bill Gates and, um, you know, created a created the disease so that he would have the cure for the disease so that they could profit the millions. Well, first of all, a couple things. Bill Gates is already worth billions, right? He's probably worth like $50 billion. So he probably doesn't need to do it that way. The other thing is, I found it really fascinating that Dr. Fauci has been in his role as the head of the NIAID since 1984. I read something that he had advised six U.S. presidents on immunology stuff, right? Yeah. And I thought, how is that possible? I mean, six goes all the way back to Ronald Reagan, but that's how it's possible since 1984. It's 94, 2004, 2014. He's been at this like over 35 years. That's, that's stunning. Yeah. But, so how the, much the higher do you need to go in your field? <laughs> yeah, right, right. The allegation is that he has these patents, right? There's a, allegedly four patents that have his name on it and they're related to the coronavirus, and that the technology that's described in these patents was used to create the coronavirus, 
And then he invented something called um, remdesivir, which is the drug to cure the coronavirus. And even though right now, um, hydroxychloroquine is 91% effective and remdesivir is only 36% effective, um, he's pushing the remdesivir because he stands to make millions from this, even though our own president is taking the hydroxychloroquine, right? So yeah. that's, the, that's the conspiracy and the mad science associated with this. So I did a little bit of reading after you told me what we were going to be doing here today. And so here's what I discovered. First of all, uh, he does have his name on four patents, three of which are active, right? But he doesn't own these patents. They're owned by the Department of Health and Human Services. As you know, he's been involved with the government since 1984, as we just described, right? So there's a difference between inventorship and ownership. If you almost all patents, I shouldn't say that. I don't know how many patents are, are related to what I'm about to say, but many, many patents are owned by an assignee or an assignee, as some people call it, which is the person who the inventor assigned ownership to. So just because you're the inventor of a patent, it doesn't mean you own it. And it probably means that you don't own it because you probably assigned it to your company. And, and once it's assigned, you own nothing. You don't have any ownership of that, right? It's been assigned to the Department of Health and Human Services and they own it and Dr. Fauci does not own it. So he doesn't own those. And the other thing is these patents issued in like 2016, right? So the coronavirus, we didn't even really know about it until 2020. But if a patent was issued in 2016, that means it was applied for in like 2013, right? Now, these were intended as AIDS cures. That's what these patents are about, is you know, curing of AIDS. And that's what Dr. Fauci was really, has been really big into for most of his career. I mean, remember, AIDS came out in like 1980, I think. And he started in his role in 1984. So he spent a big chunk of his life pursuing that. Now, the, the, uh, the conspiracy is that the technology described in these patents was used to create the coronavirus, the new coronavirus, right? Because coronavirus has been around for a long time, too. I mean, you know, it's, this isn't the first coronavirus. This is the, as they've been calling it, the novel coronavirus, right? Yeah. But the thing is, it's been demonstrated by the genetic makeup of this coronavirus that it could not have been created by human beings. It's naturally created. There's even been a conspiracy that the Chinese government created the coronavirus in the lab that's in Wuhan City, China. And a lot of smart people are investigating this and they've discovered that the genetic makeup makes it such that it would have been impossible for a human being to have you know, uh, invented this novel coronavirus. So in addition to that, this remdesivir drug. So first of all, hydrochloroquine is not 91% uh, percent effective. In fact, I just heard this about this study on NPR the other day, 800 people were tested with hydrochloroquine and the placebo, and there was no st statistical significance in what happened with the people who took the hydrochloroquine versus those who took the placebo. So this it's simply false that it's 91% effective. And the fact that our US president is using it, it's okay, but it doesn't mean just because Donald Trump is using it that it's a winning drug. And by the way, as a side note, there are side effects that come from the use of hydrochloroquine. 
And that's why a lot of people don't even want to take it because it's only, you know, there's no difference between taking it and not taking it statistically, but there are side effects from not take, from taking it, but there's no side effects from not taking it. And then anyway, in terms of remdesivir, there's actually proof that it's, you, you improve from your COVID-19 symptoms 36% faster than if you don't take it. So there is proof that, that it works to some extent. But even Dr. Fauci says it's not the end-all cure because it only helps improve results, you know, 36% faster, which is great if you have it, right? I mean, 36% yeah. faster. Yeah. Hell, I've had regular flus. I'd love to have 36% faster improvement on those, <laughs> yeah. right? But then the other thing is, so let's look at remdesivir and see if Dr. Fauci owns anything from remdesivir. So would he get value by even talking about it? Because the other big thing is hydro, hydrochloroquine, I guess, is really cheap. It costs like, I don't know, a bucket, a bucket use, whereas remdesivir is like $1,000 per, per vial. But, and I don't know about those statistics. But that's one of the things right. that's fueling this, um, this um, you know, uh, conspiracy debate. So anyway, remdesivir was developed, it started with the, a, 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 a kind of a partnership between the NIAID, which Dr. Fauci has been the director of since 1984, mm -hmm. and a company called Gilead Sciences, which is a pharmaceutical company. And money was pumped into this drug, not to cure the coronavirus, but to cure Ebola. Because you might remember that Ebola came out like around 2000, maybe 13 or so. Is Ebola, Ebola a coronavirus? What's that? Is no, Ebola not, a coronavirus? Not a coronavirus. Oh. But Ebola, though, is, um, is really dangerous. But it, has an, but it has a disadvantage, and that is that it kills people so quickly that it doesn't have a chance to spread. So I think there was like 22,000 cases of it in Africa and 11,000 people died. So it had a 50% kill rate, right? Wow. And if that spread around the world, that would be you know, terrifying. I mean, COVID-19 is terrifying, but Ebola would be really terrifying. Way more terrifying. High kill rate. Yeah. But so anyway, the, the, um, the uh, remdesivir was developed as a way to cure Ebola, right? Now, keep in mind, the, the remdesivir patent, so the first patent issued in 2018, and that was for remdesivir as a cure for Ebola. Now, these things started in like 2013, 2014, the research started, and Dr. Fauci was the director, but he wasn't directly involved in any research around remdesivir. So, mm -hmm. and there was no novel coronavirus. The coronavirus that exists today did not exist back in 2013, 2014. Yeah. It was for Ebola. So then in 2019, there was a patent filed for um, remdesivir as a cure for coronavirus, okay? But keep in mind, there was no COVID-19 in 2019 that we knew of, or that, I mean, it didn't even, I think the first cases were like December of 2019, and this issued in 2019. So if it issued in 2019, it was granted, it became a patent in 2019, it was applied for in like 2016 or something. Right. So 
So this was for a treatment of a coronavirus, but don't forget SARS is a coronavirus. There was a SARS epidemic in, in mostly China, but also in the US and other parts of the world in the early 2000s. And this remdesivir was discovered to be useful for coronavirus as well. But the new coronavirus wasn't even known about at the time. Right. So, so, so let me just clarify the timeline a little bit. because So remdesivir was invented to cure Ebola, and then they tested it on coronaviruses at some point, and then mod would they have to, I know you're not a chemist, but right, right. I, I actually, do have a chemistry, chemistry background. degree, but yeah. I only play one on TV, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You're not currently, you know, like working it, you know, right, as right, a chemical right, yeah, yeah. researcher, right? Right, so, right. So, you know, um, but, 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 but just sort of generally speaking, they would have had to modify the remdesivir because it was intended for Ebola. So they would have had to modify it for coronaviruses and then repatent it in that modification. No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, you know, you discover new applications for stuff. We discover new applications for stuff all the time. You know, there was this molecule called nitric oxide. There is a molecule called nitric oxide. And in the, in the early 90s, when I first became a patent lawyer, it was like the magic molecule. And it, you know, helped cure impotence and, and pulmonary hypertension in horses and and other stuff like that. It was the same nitric oxide, but it had applications to different things. So it could have been the exact same thing, but it's mm. being applied for as a treatment for Ebola. And then it's being applied for as a treatment for um, coronavirus, right? So, so it could have been the same. But so the thing is, so the question then is, does Dr. Fauci financially benefit by getting up on the podium at his daily briefings and talking about the benefits of remdesivir. And that, that is a great question. And that's, that's what made me so curious about this topic to begin with, because it's like, what, does it really matter, right? You know, it, 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 whether or not, because it, to the average person who doesn't know a lot about intellectual property, you hear that this guy who's supposed to be in charge, who you think of the leaders of these organizations as, more managers. I mean, yes, they have to have the, the the scientific knowledge in order to run an organization like that. But I don't I don't necessarily imagine the head of the the NIAID as uh, or, or doing the research work, doing the inventive work, hands on to the point that they would have their name on the patent. So when you see that, it sort of is a little. It's 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 easy to get tripped up in the conspiracy aspects of this, and um, yeah, because he's been so, around since 1984, right? I yeah. mean, he's been the director of this thing for a long time. He's been he's been advising presidents for a long time. He's no longer. That was 35 years ago that he started. So the question of whether oh, and the other thing is, he's been in this role for 35 years. He's built up a reputation in this, right? He's He's got to be, if he's been doing it for 35 years, he's got to be over 60 by now, right? I mean, I don't know how old the guy is, but suddenly he, he launches this plan that his remdesivir that he invented, and he is the named patent owner on it, and the owner of it is going to make a fortune. But, on, but the, the flaw in that argument is, number one, he's not on the patent as an inventor. So he's not an inventor of, remde, of remdesivir. Number oh, two, okay. he's not the owner of it, it's owned by a company called Gilead Sciences. 
So back again in 2013-2014, the uh, NIAID, which is again the um, the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious um, Diseases, they were working with Gilead Sciences to come up with a cure for Ebola. So Gilead Sciences is the one that ultimately invented this and owns the patents 100%. Hmm. And there's no royalties for Dr. Fauci, right? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine how quickly that would come to light if the director of the NIAID, who was involved with their group in putting like, I think $5.9 billion or something into, yeah. uh, into curing these diseases, was also an owner of Gilead Sciences, the very company that yeah. they are doing the research with. You know, yeah. it would have come out long before today, right? So anyway, so right now, Gilead owns remdesivir 100%, okay? Dr. Fauci is, uh, he doesn't have any stock in remdesivir or Gilead Sciences. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have, he wasn't the guy doing the direct research for remdesivir. He doesn't have his name on any patents and he doesn't have any royalties coming to him associated with remdesivir. So he's really just talking about remdesivir because when this novel coronavirus came out, it's the only drug that had any hope of doing anything for us, right? Right. So, and in a way, maybe he's, I don't know, I can't get in the guy's head, but maybe he's talking about it because the president is talking about the fact that um, hydrochloroquine is the answer and he's taking it. And yeah. maybe, you know, he's trying to say, well, hold on a second, this remdesivir actually has, so it's doing something. It's right. getting people healthy 36% faster. Wait, wait, wait. So, so Tom, so what you're saying is, and, and, and this, this could be pretty controversial. The director of the NIAID is acting in the best interests of the public health of the country that he has served for the last 50 years. Right, right. And, and he knows more about viruses than the president, right? Huh. And treatments, huh. right? Who's a real estate magnate? 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 Right. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm neither preaching for or, or nor am I preaching sure, against. Yeah, let's not, let's not get political. But, but let me say this. I don't, I don't care if you're the most staunch Donald Trump advocate. You still have to accept the fact that Dr. Fauci knows more about this sort of thing, right? Sure. This is what that, he that, That's what we, 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 that's why we have experts. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I think if, if our president were on this show, he would agree. Yes, Dr. Fauci knows more than me about this. I mean, it, so that's his thing. But anyway, so then people are saying that Bill Gates owns this, um, you know, the patent on this remdesivir. But so in like two, March of 2020, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation got together with a bunch of companies, including Gilead Sciences, to help try to find a, a solution to this. But Bill Gates does not own remdesivir either. It's owned by Gilead Sciences. It is not owned by Bill Gates. It is not owned by Dr. Fauci. They don't get royalties for it. And yes, Gilead Sciences stock has gone up as a result of this. In fact, I think it went up by like 9% right away. Mm -hmm. But it should, right? I yeah, mean, right. there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's, right. it's the stock, it's a company. I mean, if you, there, I know this guy. So, so we've been, uh, my daughter sells a whole bunch of stuff on let go. 
And um, she's been selling stuff out of our garage for the past three days. And this guy shows up the other day to buy something. And he's all excited because he owns a company that disinfects um, business offices and production facilities and factories. Yeah. And he's been kind of going very slowly in his growth for three or four years at this, right? He just started his own business three or four years ago, and he's been modestly successful. All of a sudden, coronavirus and COVID-19 hits, and he got the Wegmans account, right? Wow. So then he got another By the account. Way, for anyone who's not from Western New York, uh, here in the US, grocery store it's a big grocery store. Think like Kroger's and if maybe, you're in the South or Maybe whatever. the greatest grocery store chain on the planet. Yeah, I mean, now there's a, a controversial statement. Yeah, but but go into the store. I agree with it. Listen, listen, you go into the store and it's not that controversial. It's awesome. Yeah, it's In fact, a great the founder story. of Wegmans, Danny Wegmans, I, I had heard he did his, uh, his uh, PhD thesis or his master's thesis from Harvard on the theater of food, the superstore and the theater of food. That was his theme. He uh -huh. wanted people to feel like when they went into the the, the uh, grocery store, it's like a theater for food. And believe huh. me, when you go into Wegmans, that's how you feel. It's awesome. But anyway, this guy got that account, and then he got some other big accounts, and all of a sudden, he's killing it now. He's doing really well. But that's life, right? You can't say that there was some kind of a conspiracy that this guy, you know, yeah. started the virus so that his disinfectant company would be, uh, you know, right. a bigger hit. Right. And, and, and Gilead Sciences... They, they did a lot of work. They've been doing this since 2013, and now they're, it's bearing fruit for them. Yeah. But no, Dr. Fauci doesn't own Gilead Sciences, nor does Bill Gates own it, nor are they getting royalties from this. And the real beneficiary, beneficiaries are the, the people who own stock in Gilead Sciences. Right. Yeah, you have to assume that, you know, um, people in, in the in, – modern civilization or just civilization period as it is today it's it's it people have been working to solve problems like this as yes, science yes. has been advancing for for the last forever and and we've gotten much more technologically advanced in the last hundred years but you have to assume that um that with all of this research on all of these different topics, other kinds of coronaviruses, other viruses that aren't coronaviruses, just disease in general and the advances in, in modern health science, that all of these different pieces of these puzzles are gonna to fit together in some way. And when something happens like this, that's what these companies and these researchers and these scientists are gonna to try to do. They're gonna to try to figure out, well, will this drug work for it? Will this drug work for it? You know, we created it for something else and find these new applications for these inventions. Um, yeah, by the way, that's and, the essence of patenting, right? Solving yeah, problems. Solving problems. And, and that's a good together, point. right? And and by the way, patents, you know, the patent system in the US started in like 1790, I believe. I think the first patent in the US was something called potash. But huh. anyway, the whole I think the point of it is to, you know, it's to advance the arts and sciences, right? It's to advance our knowledge of stuff so that we can put that knowledge with new knowledge and solve more problems. And that's why things get pieced together like this to solve problems. And then when something like a global pandemic comes up, like this um, you know, new coronavirus and COVID-19, luckily we've got all these patents and all these publications out there that can be pieced together to come to more rapid solutions. I mean, if this, this, if this pandemic comes out in 1918 and it's the Spanish flu, 50 million people die, right? because we don't have all the knowledge that we have pieced together today. 
But now because somebody in 2013 spent a fortune trying to cure another disease called Ebola, we now have the benefit of that to help cure this COVID-19 and maybe make this make it so that less people die, right? And that our economy opens up sooner and all these things. But again, Dr. Fauci is not winning financially because of um, this. Now, he might win financially because he's becoming so popular now. I'm sure that before all this came out, no one had ever even heard of the guy. Now we're talking about him on a podcast that reaches millions of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere maybe a little bit less than that. But the fact is, maybe that's how he's going to get rich because he's going to go on the speaking circuit or he's going to write books and things like that. Now he's going to leverage his fame, but that's a different story, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Probably a few factors of 10 um, less uh, for our viewership on our podcast. But yes, I do think that some of the news channels that he's on, uh, constantly these days um have been have been reaching a lot of eyeballs and i mean you know good for him it's like you you know he's dedicated his whole life to to this and and i and i don't know that just to, to, couldn't be more apparent to my eyes but um but, and there's somebody know. else that's dedicating their whole life to something right now that we don't even know about and in five years it's going to become a big thing and that right. person man or woman is going to come to the center of stage yeah, and there will be another like, conspiracy theory now exactly. i'm not saying by the way that conspiracy theories are always false okay sure. i mean or, or that there's no such thing as corruption yeah yeah exactly all those right. things are in are in play all the time all around us and who knows when all is said and done we might find out that we did not land on the moon and dr fauci and bill gates did somehow create the coronavirus and and they're making a fortune somehow that we can't see. Not likely that either of those two things are real. I'm sure next time we go up to the moon, we're going to find a you know a bunch of vehicles and golf balls and stuff like that. Yeah. But who knows? So they belong to the Martians. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be great if there were Martians. Well, anyway, uh, I think that we covered this topic pretty thoroughly. Um, this has been a really interesting conversation. Was there anything else we were going to talk about today? Nope, I think that's it. All right, well, um, thank you for tuning in, everyone. I hope that you found this interesting. Uh, different topics about intellectual property on this podcast every week, every other week. Um, so if, if you uh, think that intellectual property is as fascinating as we do, please hit the subscribe button, like, comment, share with your friends, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.